Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Uh, God is good. Let's just pray. So, Father, we just thank you so much for your presence, God. Lord, we just welcome your presence in this place, God. We ask, Holy Spirit, would you just blow in this place? Would you just come and take over? Lord, we're asking for your anointing. We're asking for your fire. We're asking for your glory. We're asking um, just for your presence um, to take over uh, during this message, Lord Jesus, that um, you would just touch hearts and minds and uh, souls and just, just, just touch us with what it is that you want to speak to us, God. I pray that we would be attentive to your Holy Spirit Spirit. And uh, we just thank you so much for it, God. We ask for your anointing to go forward and break bondages and yokes and just bring life and encouragement that only you can bring. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. All right. So the Lord put something on my heart this morning. Um, and it's actually been on my heart for, for a little bit now, and it is uh, the word or the idea of significance, okay? Significance. Um, so many people in the world are chasing after significance, or they don't understand, are we supposed to be significant, or are we not supposed to be significant? And there's sort of confusion about that. We call our romantic partners our significant other. <laughs> it's like there's something about, like, we desire to be, like, the most significant person in at least one other person's life. But what is significance, and where does significance come from? Because I think we have to redefine some things so that we don't get off in a pit one way or the other, okay? So truth is often found somewhere in between the tension of two ideas that seem like they are opposed to one another. They seem like they're conflicting. They seem like they contradict one another, and yet they don't. And that's why we need Holy Spirit to help us determine what it is that the Lord is saying. So let's put that first scripture up on the screen. It's James 4.14. James 4.14, we're talking about significance. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. So your life is a vapor. There's other scriptures that talk about your, your life is like grass. It quickly fades away. Okay, so that's one side of the tension that we have to hold. The other side, let's put up 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay? So on the one hand, you're just a vapor. On the other hand, you're amazing, you're chosen, you're royal, all these amazing things. Okay, It almost seems like those ideas conflict with one another because one would imply significance and one would imply insignificance. Okay, and we're going we're gonna to unpack that and what it is that God wants us to understand about significance. Okay, um, On the other hand, we also uh, know that Jesus will leave the 99 to go after the one when it comes to us as sheep. That's how important, how valuable we are to him. Um, it also says that he knows the numbers of hairs on our head. I love that Joseph gave that scripture already. He knows the number of hairs on your head. That is a picture of your significance to his heart that he would actually take the time to know how many hairs are on your head, okay? He has more thoughts toward you than there are grains of sand. 
He knows the, the plans that he has for your life. He's got plans for your life. He thinks thoughts towards you more than there are grain, grains of sand on a beach. That is amazing. That would imply a level of significance, okay? So sometimes we struggle with this thought. Who am I to do this or that, whatever? I'm just a worm. I'm just a nobody. I'm just a sinner saved by grace, right? I'm a sinner saved by grace. How many people have heard that phrase before? I'm a sinner saved by grace. I understand what people are trying to say by that because, yes, we were sinners, and Jesus came, and by his grace, through faith, we were saved, and he washed our sins away. But guess what? Now, we are no longer sinners, okay? We are no longer sinners. There is, show me a single scripture in the entire Bible that talks about a believer still being a sinner. It does not. It refers to us as saints, okay? So you became a new creation, so it's not okay to go around saying, I'm a worm, I'm nothing, I'm insignificant, I'm not good enough. You are actually not receiving the full identity and the full price that Jesus paid to make you a new creation, which is holy, royal, chosen, amazing, and significant. Amen? And there's a problem. I did it. I know. Ugh, ugh, ugh. It's okay. Grace for myself, grace for myself. Thank you, Ken. Ken's giving me grace. <laughs> All right. It's not humility to deny your true identity that Jesus paid to give you. That's not humility. It's actually a lie that will rob you of the influence that Jesus is, is allowing you to have and is calling you to steward. Okay? Because if you don't understand your significance in the world you are actually going to withhold the blessing that's inside of you from the world. You are actually going to withhold the influence that Jesus has given you to come and bring that influence to people, okay? You can actually hurt people by not understanding your significance in their life. Like if you don't understand the significant position that you hold in someone's life in a close relationship or someone who admires you or looks up to you, if you don't understand the significance of that, you can flippantly joke around and you can actually really hurt somebody, okay? On the other side, you can hurt someone through your silence. If you don't understand how significant your voice is in someone's life by not giving feedback, by not bringing encouragement, then we can actually uh, be robbing the world of the influence that Jesus is calling us to have, okay? Um, know who you are to people. If you understand your significance in people's lives, you will realize the ability you have to speak life and encouragement to people. How many of you know the scripture, life and death are in the power of the tongue, okay? And so many of us focus on, oh no, death is in the power of the tongue. Don't speak death. Don't speak death. Don't speak death. Oh, that spoke death. Don't speak death over me, okay? And we're like, oh no, no, don't speak death. But it's like, no, on the other side of that, you have life in your tongue. You have creative ability in your tongue. You can prophesy. You can declare things, and they will be established. That's the influence that Jesus paid to give you. And if you buy the lie that you are insignificant, then you are not going to give Jesus back what he paid for, And then we all lose. Someone say, I'm significant. <laughs> Diane, how many of you have ever received a phone call or a text from Diane to check and see how you're doing? 
just to check in or just to encourage you or just to, you know, just to say we love you, we appreciate you, okay? Diane understands the significance that she has in people's lives. She has been such an encouragement to me. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Um, just checking in with me and just like, how is your heart doing? You know, this such and such thing that must have been really hard. How are you doing? You know, that kind of thing. And, and that's something that she understands and she's walking and she's owning. I love that. I love it because it's such a blessing to people. And she can sit there and second guess herself and saying, well, who, who am I to encourage a pastor? Pastors have it all together. Who am I? But it's like, no, she doesn't, she doesn't go there. She's like, no, I have something significant to say. Jesus is inside of me. And she comes and she brings encouragement. And it is such a blessing, such a blessing. We love Diane. <laughs> Got to brag on her for a minute. She's amazing. Uh, we have to understand the position that we hold and how much life we can bring through that position rather than allowing the enemy to rob that from us, okay? If you don't understand your significance, you will fl- throw away your influence. You will sacrifice your influence to chase significance that you already have. I'm going to say that again. You will sacrifice your influence to chase significance that you already have. you've already been made significant. And if we buy the lie of I'm not significant, there's something wired inside of us that says I'm supposed to be significant because we were created in the image of God. Okay? So that dwells inside of us. It's inherent inside of us. We know that we are supposed to be significant. We are supposed to matter. We're supposed to be loved. Okay? So if we buy the lie of I'm not significant yet, then we're going to chase it. Because it's inside of us. We're going to chase it. I'm going to chase it through whatever performing I think I need to do, whatever striving I think I need to do, whether it's to be the perfect Pinterest mom or whatever the thing is that we chase. Or I've got to, I've got to, you know, we could even do this with godly things. Like, man, I want to prophesy the best. I want to see the most healings or whatever. And if we do it through chasing significance, then we are actually blowing it. Okay, we're actually missing the fact that we have already been created significant. And then out of that significance, all those things just flow. If you don't understand your significance, you can shy away from bringing the kingdom through prophecy, healing and encouragement. Who am I? Who am I? People disqualify themselves all the time. Who, who am I to, to give that word? Who am I to try and pray for someone's healing? It's like, who are any of us? <laughs> Jesus inside of us, he's the one that brings the healing. We're just the conduit. You know, we're just the, the vessel that he uses. So it really doesn't matter, you know, how many times you've prayed for someone or not. It doesn't matter how righteous you think you are or how many good things you think you've done or bad things you've done or whatever. Jesus is the one who heals people. So if we understand the significance that he's placed us at the right time, at the right place, then we just step into it and Jesus does it. Okay? Here's another lie. They're way more spiritual than me. They're way more spiritual than I am. That, that lady over there, she's the queen of prophecy. I can't prophesy when she's around. I can't prophesy to her. She never needs encouragement. <laughs> and then we start to buy this lie that somehow people are more spiritual than us. The truth is, is that you were created uniquely. You have Jesus living on the inside of you, and he shines perfectly through who you are. 
and you carry something that nobody else carries. You have a lens that you look through that is so different from anyone else. You have a grace on your life. You have an anointing on your life that cannot be replaced by anyone else. And so when you step out to prophesy or you step out to bring healing or just to encourage someone, whatever you're stepping out in, you are shining Jesus in a way that nobody else can shine. Okay, so we're just going to get rid of that lie that people are more spiritual than we are because it is just not true. And that lie leads us down a path of spiritual elitism, which is just yuck, (laughs) because we are all one in Christ. We're all one in Christ. Okay, so there is not a person that can step in and now be a mediator between you and Jesus. We don't need that. Jesus got rid of all that stuff. There is no one more spiritual than you. There's no go-between. There's no, I'm going to go, you know, shake the magic eight ball and go see a prophetic person to tell me what God is saying. It's like, no, that's awesome. Prophecy is awesome. God can do that sovereignly. But we can hear from Holy Spirit ourselves. And we should be hearing from Holy Spirit ourselves. That's how we plug in. That's how we plug into our source. You know, it's so amazing. I just want to share the testimony. Um, yesterday evening, I was over here in my office, and I was sitting at my desk, and I was just feeling stressed out. And I was like, oh, like all these different thoughts were coming in of like all the different things that I had going on. And I'm like, oh, I didn't take care of this. Oh, I forgot about that thing. And I was just like really, really stressed out. So um, my usual go-to is to step into, I'm going to strive. I'm going to strive. I'm going to strive. I'm going to send that email. I'm going to return that phone call. And I'm going to strive some more. I'm going to strive some more. I'm going to strive some more. And guess what? I don't feel any peace that way. Okay? And it's hard for me to even know what things to prioritize and what things not to prioritize. So what I did is I just dropped everything and I said, God, nothing matters but your presence. And I need to know what you're on, Holy Spirit. What are you on right now? What are you doing right now? I want to partner with you. And I just cried out to the Lord. I'm like, here's all my stresses. Here's everything that's going on. And I'm just laying it before you. And I just sat there with my head at my desk. So if you're walking by my office ever, don't worry about me. (laughs) I'm just praying. And I just had my head on my desk. And I felt him come up behind me and put his hand on my shoulder. And immediately tears. I could just feel his presence right next to me. And I'm just like, thank you so much that you're here. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What are you on? What do you want me to do? And he's like, I'm just holding you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so, so Holy Spirit's right there. God is just like, I can feel him holding me. And this little thought, you know, those little thoughts that like to fly in, you know, this little thought flies into my head. And it says, what if you're just making that up? What if that's just your imagination? What if you really need to just like get down to business and get to work and you're just sitting there with your head on your desk imagining that God is holding you? It's just like this little thought, you know, and it's like I, I, could, I could tell. I'm like, this is actually not even my thought, but it's like this thought comes in. And then I look at my phone and um, there's a little notification on Facebook. Now, I don't always recommend this when you're in your prayer time to check on Facebook. But I, for whatever reason, I'm like, okay, let me see what this notification is all of a sudden. So I open the thing, and uh, a, a good friend of mine uh, who's on the dream interpretation page that I'm on or whatever, she's in Australia. She sent me a prophetic word out of nowhere. And um, she goes, I just have this picture of you at this huge desk, and it's like a table. And she's like, and the Lord is right there with you. And all these plans and strategies are laid out on the table before you. And, and God is right there with you, and he's sharing his strategies with you, and he trusts you so much. And, da, 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 da. and I was just like, no! <laughs> it was so amazing. 
amazing. So I just want to testify, like, God is so faithful. He's so, so, so faithful. Like, invite him to do that for you, because he's no respecter of persons. Like, I, I ask him every time I get in my prayer time, I'm like, Lord, woo me. Woo me. Send me love notes. Like, give me God winks. Like, show me that you're there. Like, woo my heart. And he's so faithful to do that. So I I release that right now over you. I release that to you, that God is going to woo you this week. Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) He's going to woo you deeper in his presence and show you just how much he delights in you. Yeah, I just release that over you in Jesus' name. But it was just, he's just so, so faithful. Okay? When we really just take the time to connect to him, to plug into him, he is so, so, so faithful. Okay? So don't disqualify yourself. Don't feel like someone is more spiritual than you because he wants to talk to you. If you don't understand your significance, you're not going to set boundaries around your time, energy, and resources, and you'll end up ignoring your needs until you run out of steam. Okay? So we want to understand our significance so that we steward well the time, energy, and resources that God has given us, okay? So doing versus being. I know we've talked about this before, but let's talk about it some more. Um, Our Christian life is not about doing, it's about being. And when we step into being, then we will do what we are, okay? When we step into doing, we're actually chasing the being that we already have, and we end up tired, Okay, so our Christian walk is about being, okay? Um, who, is, who does God call himself? He says, I am. I am. Verb is a state of being for all of us grammar Nazis. <laughs> okay, it's a state of being. It's who he is. He says, I am. Okay, he is. What else does he call himself? I am creator. I am healer. I am redeemer. I am provider. I am God with us. Do you notice that God never does anything outside of his identity? He identifies himself. This is who I am. And then the things just flow because of who he is. He's not like, I'm trying to heal. He's like, no, I am healer. So everywhere I go, healing, healing. I am provider. Here's provision. It flows out of who he is. Okay? You are created in the image of God. You are significant. It is inherent in your design. It is inherent. It is your identity. You are royalty. You are holy already. If you are in Christ, you are holy. You are chosen. You are amazing. Okay? Those things are already there. And the more you receive that, the more just walking around, holiness, stuff just flows, and it flows out of your being because you were created in God's image. God made you in his image, and then he told you to take dominion over the earth. Take dominion over the earth. Care for it. Watch over it. Cultivate it. Sounds pretty significant, doesn't it? (laughs) Pretty significant job to take dominion over the earth and cultivate it, okay? But your significance does not rely on what you do. It's found in who you are already. There's a big difference between striving for significance out of an orphan mindset versus operating out of inherent significance as a prince or a princess. You see the difference? You don't need to do more stuff. You need to receive more of who you already are. 
receive more of who you already are, and then it's just going to happen. You're going to be plugged into his presence, and he's going to say, hey, I want you to do this, and it's just going to happen. And you're going to be so full of his presence, it's just going to overflow. Okay? So how do we receive more of who we are? And it's really not even receiving more, it's unpacking it. It's understanding more of who we already are in him. The way we do that is we plug into the vine, just like we did this morning. (laughs) Unplug from whatever we're plugging into that is not Jesus and plug into him. Plug into the vine. You are significant to Jesus. You are so significant. I feel like he just wishes that we knew how significant we were to him. Stay plugged into God's love and his value and worth for you. Okay? If I want to receive love from my husband, I have to spend time with him. Okay? So here again is where we have to find the tension. Okay? Because I have pendulum swung from side to side in my lifetime where it's like, okay, over here, we feel like we have to pray to earn something from God. It's like, no, you got to check the box. You got to do this. You got to step out. You got to have enough prayer time, man. If you don't have enough prayer time, then you're just going to blah, 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 blah. On the other side of this is like Jesus already paid for everything on the cross. Okay? Everything comes by grace. Here's the truth. The truth is, is that you don't pray to earn. You don't pray to try and get something. You pray to plug into your source because a car needs gas. Okay? A car needs gas. That's why we pray. It's not to, to just check a box or to please him like he's some idol statue that we've got to appease enough in order for it to bless us, okay? It's like, no, this is a relationship, and I am going to get out of whack if I don't have gas in my car. And so what does this look like? I'm going to connect to the one who loves me more than anybody else on the whole planet. I'm going to connect to the one who knows more than anyone else on the whole planet. I'm going to connect to the one who's the most benevolent toward me, knows the plans for my life, and knows the next step that I need to take. Of course, I'm going to plug into that guy, (laughs) right? And then I'm going to receive gas in my car because everything is going to flow out of that relationship. The more full we are of God's love for us, the more pure our intentions will be. Okay? The more pure our intentions will be. Where I'm not going to step out and encourage someone because I'm trying to be significant. It's like, no, I'm so full of God's love right now, and then God puts someone on my heart, and now the encouragement, it's flowing from him. Okay? It's going to flow out of overflow. Let God fill your love tank and speak to your identity. Be filled with his presence and make being filled with his presence your top priority. There is no better way to live than to live with the priority of being filled with his presence. There is no better place to be. There's no, like, it's life just flows. It's more sustainable. He shows us what to do. He, like, everything just moves out of overflow. We can rest in his presence It's so amazing. We get to connect to peace. We get to connect to joy. There's like, there's no better way to live than that is just being full of his presence. That's our number one job. Number one job. I've told that to all our leaders. I'm like, your number one job is to be filled with the presence of God. And everywhere you go, you just leak. (laughs) Your number one job, just be filled, be saturated with his presence. And everything else will just be easy. 
Because apart from the vine, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. You can do nothing. Sometimes I have to remind myself of that when I'm striving. Ken caught me striving this morning. I was like, so busy. And he's like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm busy. I'm rushing. I'm late. You know, and he's like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm trying to strive again. You know, it's like, it's like I keep having to tell myself, I can do nothing apart from being plugged in from him. So then it's like, okay, just plug in. God, what are you doing right now? As you operate in your inherent significance, God will increase your influence. You will be full of hope and love. Your motives will be pure, and you won't be hustling for significance. Understand that our influence is to connect people to the vine and not to us. Okay? So when you're stepping out and saying, God, I'm significant, where is that area of influence that you want me to bring? Where, where's that sphere of influence? What is it that you want me to say? The number one job that we have is to connect people to Jesus, okay? Because he is the savior of the world and we are not, okay? We are not the savior of the world, okay? So we got to make sure that I, if I'm like, what I'm doing is I'm holding Jesus' hand, and I come along, and I'm going to grab someone else's hand, and I'm going to put their hand in his hand. I'm going to say, okay, what's Jesus saying to you? That's my job, okay? That is where you receive the scripture that says your life is a vapor, okay? Your life is a vapor. You are not able to be someone's source, okay? You can't just function out of your own strength, your own will, and try to be a source to somebody else because you are just a vapor, Okay, so you want to connect them to the vine. But we are significant, and we can play a significant role in helping connect people to Jesus. Our significance does not come from rescuing people or becoming their source. This is idolatry. Idolatry. Okay? Our significance does not come from rescuing people or becoming their source. If I am full of his presence and out of that overflow, he gives me something to encourage someone else in, it's going to be from him. And guess what? It's going to carry glory. It's going to carry fire. It's going to carry anointing. It's going to carry a grace to produce what it is that he's saying. Okay? If I am trying to hustle for significance and I'm trying to encourage someone out of me, it's not going to carry those things, and it's just going to connect that person to me. Does this make sense? Okay. It's not going to carry the encounter. It's just going to create dependence on me. So what land has God given you? What areas of influence or significance do you have with people? Even just close your eyes real quick, and let's just ask, just Holy Spirit, would you just show everybody what is the land that you've given them? What's the, what's the sphere of influence? Just start to show them even faces or circles of people or even areas that maybe they haven't even considered that you've actually given them favor and maybe they haven't even fully understood that yet. Or would you just show them? Thank you, Lord. So yeah, as he's showing you these things, don't underestimate what it is that he's given you to steward, Okay. Cultivate the land. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't go chasing after other lands, but steward and cultivate the land and the influence that you've been given. Okay? At the highest levels, people feel intimidated by one another. 
at the highest levels. I've been a part of so many different groups, so many different communities, different churches. I've been a part of some of like the most amazing organizations with the most amazing people. And at the top, they often feel intimidated by one another. And there's this moment where they often will just like, I was so intimidated by you. Oh, I was so intimidated by you. Ah. You know, that's, it, it goes on in, in all of us, okay? Chris Vallotton, who's so well-respected, he carries so much influence. He's able to prophesy to um, leaders of nations. He's a five-fold prophet, and he was intimidated by Sean Boltz because Sean Boltz came along and was giving these words of knowledge that was like people's addresses and social security numbers, and then he starts feeling intimidated by that, okay? We have to understand our significance and, and the sphere of influence that we have to influence and that we're actually able to influence people that we look up to and that we respect and admire. So what is your circle of influence? The most influence we can have is in our own homes, with our spouses, with our kids, with our families, and then with our close friends as well. Um, Children are significant. Children are significant. Sometimes in our chase for significance, we can miss out on our most significant impact, which is our children. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes in our chase for significance that we actually already have, we can miss out on our most significant impact, which is our children. I love the quote by Mother Teresa. She says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. I can tell you, as someone who has a passion for inner healing and seeing people set free from all the junk and the pain that they've been through, there's so many broken people in the world. So many broken people in the world. And the brokenness started at home with mom and dad. It's like they don't, the the mom and dad unfortunately just didn't realize the significance of what their words were doing. Didn't realize the significance of, you know, whatever it is that happened in the home. They didn't realize the influence that they had that could influence generations generations, okay? It's very, very important. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Don't minimize yourself. Embrace the significant position you've been given. I may think that I'm a terrible mother at times, but my kids always tell me that I'm the best, okay? Because they don't know any better. (laughs) There's times I'm just like, oh, I didn't do that, or I didn't do this, or I mean, I'm holding up some measure to some whatever, you know, that I saw on someone's Facebook page that their family's perfect and whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, okay? And then I feel like, I'm a terrible mother, or, you know, I lost my temper today, or whatever. I'm, I'm terrible. And my kids are like, you're awesome, you're the best. And if I shame myself into this place of believing that I'm not significant, it's like, I don't, there's moms sometimes that don't feel like they have a significant enough voice to really speak into their kids' lives. If I, if If I buy that lie, I'm actually not going to show up and be present for them. I'm going to go around my kids and I'm going to constantly feel shame, feel like I've got to hide from them because I'm not good enough. I'm not significant enough. Okay. So we have to understand the significant role that we have um, with, with people and specifically with our children. It's not about perfection or performance. They just want us to show up and be present in their world. Just show up and be present in their world and you're winning. And that goes for grown children, too. Grown-up children, you have no idea the impact that you still have on your grown-up children. Okay? 
And I'm, I'm not just talking, because like, I know sometimes it's like, oh, they don't take my advice, they don't listen. Uh, you know. It's like, oh, I don't want to impose, I don't want to overstep or whatever. And it's like, I get that, you know, have boundaries and, and stuff like that. But uh, I believe in you, you know, affirmation and, and things like that can, it, you don't understand the weight that that carries, even with adult children. I'm just going to let it be quiet, and I'm not going to look for a response. Recognize where you have favor and speak, in, speak life into those areas, okay? So this is something that I do from time to time. I do a gut check, and I'm like, Lord, where do I have favor right now? Like, where is it that I have favor? There's like, maybe there's a certain type of community. Maybe there's a certain type of person. Maybe there's an area of influence that I seem to have favor in. And I just say, Holy Spirit, where is my area of favor? What are you on right now? And then I ask God, what is this favor for? What do you want me to do with this favor? Because when he gives us favor, it's not just for us to be like, woohoo, I'm blessed, you know? It's like, yes, he wants us blessed. But oftentimes, there's an influence that we also get to carry with that favor. So it's like, Lord, what is it that you want me to do with this? Maybe you have favor with business. Maybe you have favor with young children. Maybe you have favor with teenagers. Maybe you have favor with homeless people. Maybe you have favor with the lost. Whatever it is, just submit it to the Lord and say, God, why why do I seem to have this favor here? And what do you want me to do with it? And watch him show up and be faithful in your life. Cultivate it. Cultivate what that spirit, uh, what that favor is for. Your story is significant. Turn to your neighbor. Say your story is significant. Your story is significant. Your testimony is significant. Turn to your other neighbor. Say your your testimony. It's significant. <laughs> okay. Sometimes we chase significance through putting on masks, appearances, and taking on roles that we, th- that w- we think will make us gain significance, okay? What we're actually doing is we're covering up our real story, and that's actually a significant portion to us, okay? So we're trying to chase significance by putting on masks and appearing perfect, okay? If you're playing roles in people's lives to make them stay near you, then your significance to them is only going to last as long as you keep playing that role. And you won't really know how significant you are to them until you just get real. It'll only last as long as we play the expected roles and keep on the masks and costumes. We don't need to be perfect. We just need to show up. Show up with your authentic self, who you really are, what really is going on inside of you, okay? Um, it, it was cool, pretty, uh, pretty recently, there's a friend of mine um, that very, very bravely shared his story on Facebook of his struggle with suicide. And um, it, it was a hard choice for him to make to share that so publicly. He just shared it with just, you know, just public Shared, shared what he'd been through, what it felt like, what the thought processes were and stuff, and, and how he found um, a way through that, okay? Um, he showed up with his story, and he was very brave in doing that. And honestly, that's a gift that he gave to people um, without them deserving it because there are some people that would try to preach at him or try to, you know, judge him or whatever, you know, but he was just offering that. He just felt um, that he needed to share that. 
So what ended up happening is that it got shared to someone that he'd never met before, and this person was touched. It said it saved their life and that they felt like someone understood them and they didn't feel alone. Like, that's how powerful our story is. Don't cover that stuff up with shame and hiding, okay? That's how powerful our story is. You have a story that no one else has, and it's going to speak to someone. It's going to influence somebody. He may have been tempted to hide that aspect of himself and wear a mask and just say, oh, my life's always been perfect. I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry. I'm good. You know, and he's, he's putting himself in subjection to people saying, are you okay? How about now? Are you still okay or whatever? And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing sometimes. Okay, but he decided to bravely share his story and it it influenced someone in a really amazing way. Okay, his significance to this person's life was found in his authentic story, not in a perfect presentation of himself. Your influence will increase as you take off the mask and the jackets and own your story. And you worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Okay. Worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And as we talked about before, in spirit we understand because we want to worship the Lord with Holy Spirit operating inside of us. In truth means nothing hidden. Aletheia, it means nothing hidden. I'm going to worship God with Holy Spirit and I'm going to worship him without a mask on, with nothing hidden. I'm going to show up and be my authentic self and say, God here I am, I'm struggling with this, or God, here I am, this is what's going on in my life, in spirit and in truth. Let's put up on the screens Romans 12.1, and we're wrapping it up. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Okay, so that's, that's the scripture where the song came from that we sang this morning. Come, uh, come and consume God all we are. You know, like come and consume all we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you, God. So this is, that's the scripture that that's based on is that we're coming and we're presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to him. Now, people have taken that scripture and twisted it to say, we still got to offer God sacrifices, we got to give him stuff. We got to offer stuff to him. We got to please him. We got to appease him, that kind of stuff. But here's the thing it says a living sacrifice. Okay? If we offer God stuff, that would be a dead sacrifice. Okay? Old Testament, they would offer dead things. It would be a bull, a goat, you know, whatever the sacrifice was. It was your act of worship. You would set a dead thing on the altar, and that's your worship, and then fire would consume it, okay? But this says, offer a living sacrifice. So this is not talking about making a sacrifice of works, deeds, trying, striving. That's what a bull would represent. This is us showing up because we are alive in Christ, and we get to choose to lay down on the altar, But the awesome thing is, is that when we offer him a sacrifice of in spirit and in truth, meaning nothing hidden, I'm going to show up, I'm going to lay myself on the altar and surrender to him. Guess what? Fire falls on sacrifice. Fire falls on sacrifice. Okay? So when we present ourselves to him, fire falls on us. And we get to exchange all that we are for his fire. And we get to carry that fire throughout the world. You getting it? (laughs) Show up. All right. 
There's one last thing that I just want to read to you, and then we'll, we'll close it out. And this is, um, if you've ever heard of Brene Brown, um, she's really, really awesome. I highly, highly recommend her books and things. She has um, really spoken a lot about shame and sort of uncovered some things, shame and vulnerability and stuff like that. It's really, really awesome. Check her out. She did a TED Talk that was really fantastic if you want to check her out. But this is something, um, this is called uh, The Manifesto of the Brave and Brokenhearted. Um, the Manifesto of the Brave and Brokenhearted. So I'm just going to read it to you. There is no greater threat to the critics and cynics and fear mongers than those of us who are willing to fall because we have learned how to rise. With skinned knees and bruised hearts, we choose owning our stories of struggle over hiding, over hustling, over pretending. When we deny our stories, they define us. When we run from struggle, we are never free. So we turn toward truth and look it in the eye we will not be characters in our stories. Not villains, not victims, not even heroes. We are the authors of our lives. We write our own daring endings. We craft love from heartbreak, compassion from shame, grace from disappointment, courage from failure. Showing up is our power. Story is our way home. Truth is our song. We are the brave and brokenhearted. We are rising strong. Isn't that awesome? Just own our story, because that's where the power is. It's, our job is so much easier than we think it is most of the time. Literally, it's just like, God, here I am. I am not going to hide behind shame. I'm not going to hide behind works and trying to please you. It's just, here I am, and I'm just going to plug into you. And then fire falls on us, and then we just get to operate out of the amazingness that he's already created in us, because we are already significant. Okay, so let's just end with this confession. Okay, so repeat after me. I am significant. I am, significant. I am royalty. I am, royalty. I am chosen. I am, I am holy. I am God's own possession. I've been created for amazing things. Jesus loves me. He's for me. He has plans for me. He has thoughts toward me. More than the grains of sand. And I already have all of these things inside of me. Because Jesus is already inside of me. In Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus, we just thank you so much for who you are, God. I pray that you would just take that... Uh, that idea, that thought of significance, and that you would just come and implant that in the core of our being. Come and implant that in our hearts, in the deepest par parts of us, Lord Jesus. I come against every lie of shame, and I just say, be gone from us in Jesus' name. You have no place. You have no right in Jesus' name. We break every lie of insignificance off of us in Jesus' name. We break every lie of disqualification off of us, God. And I pray, Father, that you are showing us that our eyes are lifting up to you because you are our help, God. You are where our help comes from. And to lift up to the areas that you've called us to influence, Lord Jesus. And I just declare from this day forward, we will not disqualify ourselves. We will not think that other people are more spiritual than we are, God. And that we are going to take dominion over the places that you've already given us. And that we will bring your influence, Jesus, to people and connect people to you 
you. And we just thank you so much for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. I just want to do one more thing. Just anytime there's anyone in this place that I don't know fully, let's just all close our eyes. So Jesus, we just thank you so much for your presence here, God. And I just, I just ask if any of you has not given your heart to the Lord, um, this is your opportunity. It is so amazing. It's so easy. He couldn't have made it more easier. He already loves you. He already paid the price for you. And it's just a matter of receiving him. So if you have not received him yet and you would like to, would you just raise your hand this morning? Just everybody's eyes are closed, heads are bowed. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Or if anyone would like to rededicate their life to the Lord, you can raise your hand and we'll pray for you. Awesome, awesome. All right. Thank you, Jesus. I just believe that everyone in here is already saved. And so we just thank you so much for that, Jesus. And I just pray, Father, that you would take us all um, everywhere we go, Lord, that we would just be so aware of your presence. And again, I ask that you would woo everyone with your goodness, with just your delight over them, and just show them how much you love them. And we just thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. (laughs) Once again. Amen.